60 to 70% of my budget or the budget that I'm recommending should go to that bottom end, should start be closing deals, should have a, a very positive ROI, should be doing that. 30 to 40%, again, this is going to vary depending on kind of brand recognition, your space in the field, the kind of environment that you're in, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You've got to be talking about brand. You've got to be talking about what's different about you. You've got to be talking about things other than just the bottom of the funnel type of piece, right? I think if you get into that cycle where it becomes an 80-20 thing, a 90-10, you just become a commoditized product that in the short term, you could kill it. Longer term, you're going to you're going to, you're going to pay the, you're going to pay the price. You're going to have the impact of this, right? Welcome to episode eight of On The Same Landing Page. Today we are talking to Patrick McGovern all the way over in the US of A. Welcome, Pat. It's nice to have you here. It's uh, it's awesome to be here. Pat is the marketing director of a company called Acedia, but that is not where he started. You've had a very colourful career starting as butter copywriter back in the 80s. Isn't that right, Pat? Uh <laughs> wow, someone's done their homework. Yeah, it, that's actually correct. Uh, in the 80s. Remember that? Anybody? No. Anybody? No, no. no. <laughs> As always, I'm Astra, uh, the head of advertising at Web Presence. And today we are joined by both Jason and Paul. You want to say hello? Hello. Paul, it's an it's an audio recording. You have to say hello. You can't just wave. Hello. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> So we'll get straight into our first segment, which is 10 minutes with a marketeer. And that's you, Pat. But you're not just a marketeer. You're also a key decision maker in your company. So I guess, really, we want a little bit of background about you first. So as I said already, you started as a copywriter way back in the 80s. And now in the 2020s, you are a marketing director. So what have you seen the biggest shift in the digital scape in that time? Uh, wow. That is a, <laughs> it's a big a question. Huge, that's, but... that's a huge question. Yeah. Um, in that time, it's really been it's been that shift into the digital space. So you really have a, a, a disruption going on that's that's taken place, and this is nothing new. But it's really kind of a, a, a fundamental shift from traditional, which we would call print, magazine, TV, over into the digital space, and that's just accelerating as we go further and further along. Um, additionally, I think what's happening in the space is that. Um, agencies in general are becoming more focused and less generalized, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I see a big trend uh, for companies to be taking things more in-house uh, versus uh, just using the resources of, uh, of agencies. Now, again, I'm painting with a roller here. These are mm -hmm. huge kind of trends that, are, uh, that have occurred, you know, over the last you know, 25 plus years, right? Mm -hmm. Have you seen that in your company as well, that are you going more focused, taking things more in-house? Yeah, so we've been around, um, CD's been around since uh, 2020. So we're, you know, we're 22 years old this year comes September, which is just about a month away here. And when we launched, the focus was a digital-only shop, which back in 2020 was pretty novel and pretty unique. Mm -hmm. That certainly has changed a lot. There are a ton of digital agencies that are out there, right? And so that uniqueness is, the, sh the shine has kind of a, a bit worn off. In our time, 
um, as an agency, we have worked on a ton of different verticals, anything from higher education to healthcare, to manufacturing, to uh, uh, professional services, you name it, we've worked on that. And to date, it has served us well. I think going forward in this 2022 plus, um, we have got to tighten the focus. We've got to tighten the lens. I think to be successful um, will require more discipline in who we go after in the, um, the focus that we want to have. Uh, and that's going to be really key for us um, again in the next three, five, 10 years. Now, that said, can agencies make it by being a general agency? I absolutely think they can. Mm-hmm. I know a lot that are out there that do that. I just think that path is going to be much harder going forward than it has been in the past. I can tell you're a podcaster, Pat. You stole my uh, my follow-up question before I'd even uttered a word there. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you about the direction you're going in, in and how you're going to tighten the lens. Obviously, we're all very aware as both marketers and key decision makers in this room that there is going to be the dreaded economic downturn. Yep. Paul's shaking his head, but... It's only it. happening because everyone keeps saying it's going to happen. You should just <laughs> ignore it and carry on. <laughs> well, you know, Paul, that's a real that's a real interesting point because there is definitely, there is definitely the two worlds, right? Mm-hmm. By here in the States, by what has been accepted, by and large for a long time, has been two consecutive uh, quarters with a downturn is a recession. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's typically how we put, now you can argue whether or not that's true, but that's how have things look. And when I ask my network of other agency owners, of other people that are in the space, they are certainly seeing a pullback. Now, what exactly a pullback is, I'm, I don't know. And it varies from agency to agency, from company to company, right? So there's something definitely occurring, no doubt. Mm-hmm. But there's the other half that Paul's mentioning. I mean, I don't know how it is where you're at, but things are jammed. Like you go to an airport, it's packed. You go to stores, there's a lot of people doing it. I mean, I don't know if we all didn't get the memo yet or it's coming out or what's (laughs) happening, but there is definitely a, here's what's happening and here's how people are reacting. And will those two combine and, and, and connect? I don't know. It's going to be very interesting. I got some thoughts on that, but we can wait until talk about that a little further down. It's interesting, isn't it? You say like airports are packed and people are going out buying. Like, it's such an unusual time. Obviously, COVID is a, by and large a massive reason that they think there's going to be an economic downturn. But also, it's helped lots of people save lots of money on things that they would usually be spending when they were locked down. So they've got more sure. to spend now. And I think people have to kind of reconcile that economic difficulty that might be ahead with trying to have fun while they can, because if the lockdown's taught us anything, it's that you don't know, you know, your freedoms might be quashed at any point. So I think maybe it's a mindset thing, isn't it, in many ways? Uh, Absolutely. And, you know, when you take a look at something like travel, which is, it's just so volatile, right? And and that Mm -hmm. that could be impacted by so many things. I mean, again, my small circle of friends, of colleagues, I mean, a lot of people are traveling, they may have shifted a little bit how they're traveling, mm-hmm. but the question is not, am I going to go on vacation? Am I going to go on holiday? It's like, I'm going, <laughs> <laughs> but now I might not go to the four-star place. I'm going to be okay with a three-star. You know, I'm not going to go on an air trip. I'm going to drive, but I'm going, right? So yeah. 
you know, we'll see how that kind of reconciles again as we go forward. I think you and I were both, we were both doing this in the late 2000s, around 2008, when the last kind of big recession hit. And like, we could talk for hours about what that was like, but how have you found it on the back of two years of lockdowns and weirdness and our whole kind of day-to-day life changing anyway? Do you see any, any parallels between back then and today in terms of like how people are changing? Yes and no. Um, these are such, so, so the no part, let me start with that first is, um, this is just such weird times. No one really knows like what to expect going forward. Now, 2008 was, was definitely a hit, but there seemed to be a sense that it's like, well, this kind of comes along and here's the playbook for how we have to react to it. Right. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm painting with a roller here, making a lot of generalities, but um, there seemed to be that type of feeling like, yep, we got to go through this. We'll come out of it. Bah, bah, bah. Just given the fact of our, re- like our just past conversation, Paul, it's just when we were talking about like, well, are we in a recession or aren't we? Technically, yeah, but attitudinally wise, we're not. So that's so different. Mm-hmm. The things, and this is the sad part about our space, the things that um, are similar are the same things that are always similar when there's a downturn. Right. People pull back on marketing. Mm-hmm. People are at least starting to talk about that. And as much as we all could talk about the reasons that shouldn't happen, that's the first head on the chopping block. Yeah. Right. And that, again, just continues and just seems to be the continual playbook. Right, wrong, or indifferent, that seems to be always kind of what people go to when things start going a little bit south. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's fair. I think that goes along with a lot of a lot of companies view marketing as an expense sometimes, not as an investment. It's not like the oxygen they breathe, whereas we we might describe it that way. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And especially, Paul, if you're dealing with manufacturing, you know, a lot of places, again, here in the States, a lot of uh, manufacturing organizations work as a sales marketing function, right? So marketing is really thought about as a support system for sales. Hey, uh, mm. we need a couple landing pages up here. Hey, um, can you send out this email? Hey, we're having a trade show, right? The tip of the spear is sales. Marketing, mm. you just support this thing, right? Now, I understand that that's been the game that's been played for the last 50 plus years. I think that model is a bit broken. I think if they both work in tandem, they're going to get a lot further. But to your point, Paul, I think when, when again, when things start going a little bit south, people tend to rely on the sales team to get them through rather than working, mm-hmm. you know, the oxen called marketing as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think that's fair. We see it time and time again, don't we? I think it's funny, though, um, just with you saying there about manufacturing, uh, and this is, again, a very small sample of clients that we work with. But we've had, um, again, the attitudinal thing where they know there's an economic downturn coming. But we've had manufacturing clients say to us, no, the sun's still going to rise every morning. This is actually a perfect time to make money. We're going to buckle down and spend as much as we can because they know ultimately all of their competitors are going to pull back that marketing spend, which gives you time to dominate. So I don't know if that's... a uh, resilience because they've been through this before and you know they survived it kind of thing and if they're trialing a different thing but now yeah. you were, obviously went to director level in 2008 and are director level now what will you do differently now versus what you did in 2008 um 
so a couple of things. Um, for 2008, I, I, um, the, at the agency that I was at, which is different than the place I am at now, I think we could have done a better job of being proactive, mm -hmm. right? Of talking and sitting down with our clients at that point going, what's worrying you? What's scaring you? What's on your mind? Are you worried about dollars? Are you worried about the budget? Let's have that conversation. Let's be proactive about this rather than have the call come in and going, hey guys, money's real tight. We're gonna cut back a little bit. Well, well, well why, why are you doing that? And then start giving them all the answers as to why they shouldn't, mm -hmm. right? That's mm -hmm. too late then. That game is done. It's over. Once that call comes in, you're just going to look like you're blocking something. But if you could get in front of that and sit down and say, Master, let's talk about this. Here's what I'm hearing. What are you seeing out there? Okay, cool. Is that worrying you? Cool. How do we be a good partner with you? What can we do? I've got some thoughts. I'd love to hear it from you. All right. Now you're starting to form a relationship here. Now it's like, damn, these guys are these guys are watching out for me, right? These guys are in my camp. They're they're looking about me. Now that may mean, hey, we got to cut back. Great, let's pull the let's pull the brakes on this part, knowing though that let's keep an eye on it because when it starts turning around, we want to accelerate. You cool with that? Yeah. All right. Again, now we've got a dialogue coming, right? I think too many agencies back in two thousand eight were more of just like, let's wait, let's see what happens, let's be. Let's be kind of on the reactive side. Going forward, I think agencies are going to be better off. Certainly, this is what I'm encouraging on our team, is to be more proactive. Like, let's sit down. Let's hear what is going on. Understand that things may happen where they have to pull back. Okay. So that's one thing. The second thing, too, is, again, I think focusing, right? No matter, you know, we could go back and forth. Are we in a recession? Aren't we in a recession? Regardless, if, if, if things go down, things will come back up. Mm -hmm. So the question then becomes how fast and how can we accelerate the on-ramp? And I think agencies, again, can do that by staying really focused on what their core strengths are. Now, people always, in, in, in when I say core strength, I mean also strengths and verticals. Now, I know there's the natural kind of tendency for agency owners, people in the agency to go, yeah, but... Are we going to be limiting ourselves? Are we going to be cutting our revenues? Mm -hmm. And I think about that, and I think about it in this term. If I'm coming out of a, of, of a downturn, I'm going to be looking for the partners who've got the best case studies, the best record of dealing with my vertical if I'm a marketing person. That's not a generalist. That's a specialist, mm -hmm. right? They're going to be able to get me from point one to point four faster than a generalist. I just think that's the way it's going to be. You could disagree, but that's that's so. What am I doing? Encouraging that, right? Encouraging that type of think thought process and thinking to go on at the agency. And then finally, 2008, the game was a lot different. You know, things go down and things slow down. Okay, that could happen. We should prepare for it. What does that open up opportunity for? I don't know about you guys at the agency. But right now, anytime we talk about developing content, it's hard to get things done. Why? Because we're all busy. Yeah. Well, if things <laughs> slow down, let's use this time to create a bunch of great content that's going to be needed when we come out of this. Right? Absolutely. That's yeah. the case studies. That's the podcast. That's the cutting of, right? Let's double down on those type of efforts 
and really use that when we come out and really use that as a um, business development while we're in this as well. So those are some of the things that, that are going through my head. They're all like solid advice as always, Pat. Are you having those conversations, obviously with your clients, but as a from a director point of view, how are you talking to your team about it? Are you instilling these values in them as well? Are you leading with optimism? Are you being reactive, progressive, whatever? Guys, I'm heavily caffeinated and I'm always optimistic. <laughs> That's just the way I burn, okay? Um, you know, I just, I have a tendency to see opportunity in a lot of different places. And when there are downturns, the opportunity in my mind gets magnified because people do retrench. And now you have a, a, the chance to do things you may not have been able to do otherwise. If you're in sales, which I am I'm out there, most salespeople are a bit optimistic, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to encourage that with everybody I talk to on the team as well. Let's look for these opportunities and let's exploit the hell out of them as we can because the window's not going to be there long, right? Things will shift back. The players will rearrange, mm -hmm. right? Things will happen. And that opportunity to make a move, to the, the opportunity to create things is going to be gone. So when it's there, you got to strike. Yeah. The, uh, just to add to this, it's like there's a common story that I see everywhere when in the run up to the research on this. And it's this classic 1990-91 recession where McDonald's pulled back spend on brand awareness, uh, Pizza Hut and Taco Bell increased. And as a result, they got massive market share as a result of that. Mm -hmm. the, the fact I keep finding this story, <laughs> not many others, it, it makes me wonder, like, is it is that just a, a one off or is that just is, is that more? You know, is it should more brands be doing that, focusing on a little bit of brand awareness? And then the other side to that, or in my my to my mind, the other side to that perspective is to focus on bottom of the funnel. There's like those two ways in which companies will often fight through this, right? Only yeah. spend money where the money is working for us. So where we spend a pound, we get ten pound ten pound back. And I can see that and I can track that all the way through. If you were to answer this within the 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 whole funnel. Do you think that's a little bit of a limited way of approaching this this thing in terms of focusing on one area of the funnel or not, or is it a case? Is it just a case of focusing on the content as you said earlier, and focusing on stuff that's kind of like evergreen that's going to help people as they go out? Yeah. Yep. So uh, a good question, uh, Jason. So I look at it this in general. In general, my my if I'm if I'm recommending something to someone, and and again we're 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 dealing with a lot of just non-specific, but. I look at it this way as a 70, 30, 60, 40, basically split. That is 60 to 60 to 70% of my budget or the budget that I'm recommending should go to that bottom end, should start be closing deals, should have a, a very positive ROI, should be doing that. 30 to 40%, again, this is going to vary depending on kind of brand recognition, your space in the field, the kind of environment that you're in, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You've got to be talking about brand. You've got to be talking about what's different about you. You've got to be talking about things other than just the bottom of the funnel type of piece, right? I think if you get into that cycle where it becomes an 80-20 thing, a 90-10, you just become a commoditized product that in the short term, you could kill it. Longer term, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna pay the you're gonna pay the price. You're gonna have the impact of this, right? Mm -hmm. And again, too, when I'm I, and I think this goes for agencies as well. Like you have to be marketing yourself because like we're not McDonald's. We're, we're not Budweiser, right? People are going to forget about Acedia 
like that, we've got to be out there doing things, right, to keep that, keep the flames going and stoked. Mm-hmm. So that's how I'm thinking about this, Jason, right? And that's my approach. And those are kind of some kind of rough numbers that I always kind of fall back on. Again, depending on the situation, right? Could they'll vary a little bit? Yeah, but that's in general where I'm, I'm thinking about things. Cool. What have your like proactive actions been used to said there about like developing your assets and, and your verticals? Have you got a transitionary period where you're going to start moving into specialist areas as well then, Pat? Now, I mean, basically um, um, what we have, and what's, I mean, let me take a step back. What sparked this is we're a small agency. We've got about 30 people, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I, I'm considering small anything. Again, my numbers I use are, are usually 50 and under for an agency is small and then 50 about fifty to maybe 100 or something. That's a medium size. And then above that, it, it got pretty big and then global right after that. But mm-hmm. we're a small shop. I don't know if it's the same as it is in um, where you're at. Uh, here in the States, people are bouncing around at a crazy rate right it mm-hmm. just yeah grass is always greener they could get more and it's it's just tough and it's tough building a culture when you're dealing everything um remote it's really hard to build that up so i might as well go for the dollars because i really don't have a close connection with them, right mm-hmm. i bring that up because people are leaving and they left our agency right we've lost some people and when that happens it's both good and bad bad in the sense that well these were key people we're a small shop so anybody anytime somebody leaves it's like yeah we knew that person that's what this person exactly worked on right Mm -hmm. the good part is anytime people leave it's a nice chance to step back and go are we doing this right Mm -hmm. yeah are we taking the right path is this a chance to kind of shuffle the deck and think about things differently and at this last kind of round um that's what we've been doing um and that's what we're in the process of working on right now is tightening the lens. Who are we going to be going after? Let's get that content. Let's get that machine in place. And I would say um, that started in probably mid-July. Um, and hopefully by early September, we'll be hitting on all eight cylinders with this. That's the hope, right? And what does that mean when, does that mean when I'm saying that? It means putting out a lot of content. It means proactively going after some clients that we think that we would be a good fit for um, mm-hmm. in getting on their radar, right? Mm-hmm. So when that time is ready, when they're looking for some help in X, Y, or Z, we're there, right? So that's the that's the, the kind of quick timeline that we've got in place. And I'm sure that's going to evolve, and I'm sure there's, there's going to be setbacks, and I'm sure there's going to be um, things that happen, but... Um, like I said, that timeline for us has been basically mid, mid-July, uh, early September to kind of get the, the machine going where we could begin putting out content on a regular basis, quality pieces, and then um, being proactive on some of our outbound. How specific are you being with that content? Are you, have you got, are you like from an account-based marketing approach, are you literally looking at maybe 10 or 50 companies and being like, these guys would want to know about this? Let's yeah. talk about it. Is that's that how exactly you're approaching it? That's exactly, that's exactly it. Like, who do we think would be, who do we think we would be a good fit for given our background, right? And again, I don't, we've got a lot of great case studies that are just in people's heads. Mm-hmm. And it's just a matter of pulling these things out. And what I find as well is the natural tendency from the people I talk to, not just in the agency I'm at now, but in, in, prior agencies is that even a lot of the work people just kind of like 
and we don't want to talk about that. Maybe something as simple as, how did you migrate this website over to this new platform? That in and of itself is kind of a boring topic, unless you're charged with finding a company who can migrate your website from one site to one platform to another. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden that becomes very, very important to you. And if you have got an agency that's like, this is how we did it, here you go, right? That's really key. So it's pulling all of those things out. Jason, Paul, Asher, what you might think is really boring becomes gold to someone else, right? There's a lot, there's so a lot of work. Sorry, Carol. Sorry. No, it's just, let's get that out. But, but you know, I read, I read something about, it, you know, people doing case studies and it's like, it, I've seen this happen a million times too. It's like the, the time it takes to write a case study is longer than the campaign itself. It's like, why is that? <laughs> it's it so shouldn't true. be the case. I mean, literally, look at all case studies boil down to really three points. What was the situation? What did you do? How are the results? Okay, let's expand that. Let's make that six points, right? What was the situation? Two points. What did you do? Two points. What were the results? Two. That's it. You're not trying to do everything. All you're trying to do is like, yeah, these guys seem smart. I want to talk to them, right? It doesn't have to be a tome. It doesn't have to be this arduous process, right? So that's one of the things I'm trying to get across to the team too. It's like, you give me six points, I'll shake this into, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll do it. I'll take care mm -hmm. of this. I'll make mm -hmm. it into something where we're going to scan and, and it'll be, it'll be very digestible and very readable for our clients or our prospects. I think that's great. Cause you know, that's, that's what we try. It's not just for agencies either. Right. That's what all of them, we try and teach our clients to do, do the same thing as well. It's harder than it should be. So you want to, uh, you want to be able to go to these prospects and say, Hey, we're a great fit for you. I know this problem you have, and I've been solving it for the last 10 years. Um, that's it's one thing to be able to say that. It's another to be able to say, check out the case study section. There's 40 of um, 40 examples of us doing that exact same thing. And like, it's, it's the turning it inside out, right? Where you don't hide all these special skills you've got in-house. You just yep. put them all out there for everyone to come and find themselves. It's yep. big. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there is... Guys, I think we've talked about this in, in the past, but um, there is a, you know, Esther, you started off this, what's the big change, right? Yeah. And in, in thinking about this now, as we're, you know, X amount of minutes into this, I think a huge, huge change is speed, mm -hmm. speed to market, right? Look at the time when any of us entered the business, me longer than you guys, has any point at any point in your careers, has anybody, clients on a regular basis gone, hey, Paul, you're going too fast. Oh, slow <laughs> things down, my man. Okay, we don't want that website up that fast. Only in my dreams. Right? <laughs> it's, it's, it's not happening, and it's not going to happen. There's mm -hmm. always going to be a shortening of time. There's going to be a shortening of just the, the length of, of, of time that we have. Now, that's both good and bad. The good part about it is, is if you accept that as the kind of framework that you have to deal with, I think people then are a little bit more uh, forgiving about all the I's being dotted, all the T's being crossed. Mm -hmm. I'd rather take something that's 80% of the way there and get it there when I need it versus 100% and it's taking way long. It's like mm -hmm. my opportunity has gone, things, it's, it's not worth the hassle. Like let's be good 
move, move it along, right? Mm-hmm. So to, to your point, Paul, about taking, you know, and showing that you can do things quickly, in this case, a case study, but using speed as a kind of a real major selling point, I think is going to be huge for agencies going forward. I think that's going to be a real, real, uh, just a point of dis- uh, distinction. There's a really good point in there about what people will always want. And that's a, there's a, I don't know if you've heard of the uh, guy called Jeffrey Bezos, but he, <laughs> uh, he, there's, I saw a quote on LinkedIn, so it could all just be lies, but apparently he doesn't look for what's going to change in the future, but what will stay the same. And what you've done there, Pat, is just position that as the one thing that people will always want is stuff to get done quickly, get stuff mm-hmm. done, right? Um, so that's a really interesting point. I think that's what you need to engineer yourself around, isn't it? Is is getting things actually finished? The amount of pieces of work I've started and then have sat in drafts and sat in version two point five, but hasn't quite been signed off, and then we've pulled away. And who knows how many of those were masterpieces? Probably not most of them, but <laughs> there could have been some really good lead generating content in there. So I think you're right. It is just about getting that stuff out, agreeing on it, and then. And, and getting it out to market um yeah it's really some really good really really good insights uh share power where we could probably carry on much longer but we've got a uh, a format to follow Astra, we? <laughs> we do i was gonna i was gonna end with another big question but for now we'll keep it to uh, some nice quantifiable easy ones for you pat so okay. we we ask these to everybody on the podcast and this is just for our own data really uh, we've kind of touched on a few of them already but so the first question is if you had to order the following marketing materials in order of importance for you and your business, with the first being the most important and the last being the one you'd get rid of if you had to, what order would you put them in? So first we've got PPC, social media, both organic and paid, and we've bundled together there, email marketing and SEO. So yep. list them in an order, the order that you think is the most important versus the least. That's that's great. So um I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go this way, guys. I'm gonna go mm-hmm. SEO one, email marketing two, social media three, and PPC four. Now let me give you my why on that. Um, SEO is just. I think that just kind of table stakes into the into the game. You have mm-hmm. to have that if you're gonna be if you're gonna be out there at all. Email marketing, I think, is just a. Um, it is just a killer tool that so many organizations just do a terrible job with uh, just a terrible job with um social media is just i i believe that is a great top of um uh, um still a great top of funnel like now we're kind of using all of social media here but ppc is the one that you know it, it's do you need that yeah I, and it does serve a function but you asked me to rank it and, and that's why i put it there <laughs> damn it if we had a fifth option I'd be just above my job would be just above the bottom. I can take, <laughs> I can take that. <laughs> There's sort of a recurring theme in the podcast. I think out of eight, seven people have put it last. Uh, so uh, I think if it gets to 10, Paul fires me. So okay. <laughs> um, the next question is on a scale of one to ten, how confident are you in your current marketing strategy? Well, I am a 10 in our current marketing strategy. Love it. Ever the optimist. Um, I believe that we are, um, now there's two, there's, are you confident in it? Yes, I'm confident in it. Mm-hmm. And then there's the, how are you executing against it? Right. And so I would say that there we're not, a, not a 10, but we're moving in the right direction. So if I look at the trend line, we're going in the right place. 
Okay, last but not least, I don't know if you can improve on a 10, but what's the most important factor? I assume you've just kind of rounded it off there by saying which direction you're going in, but if you had to outline one specific, what do you think is the most important factor in improving your 10 out of 10 score? Um, I would say consistency. Nice. That's going to be the game. That's going to be the game changer for us, right? Um, everybody, uh, the natural tendency is to get excited about something and move mm -hmm. things along, especially something new. Um, and that's a really exciting in month one. Everybody's behind it. Let's go. Let's go. This is cool. All right. Talk to me at month four when you're in the trenches mm -hmm. and yeah. stuff's not, still not coming in, but you know it's the right way. Mm -hmm. Right. That's when. That's when the bullet hits the bone. Okay. And that's when you really got to <laughs> dig and you keep pushing forward. That sounds, that's a very good segment to round off the uh, chat about recession, I think, there. So <laughs> now we've done one of the darkest things that can happen to companies and people all across the world. We're going to move on to a section called Whose Line Is It Anyway? for some right. light relief. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a very special edition. As our first overseas guest, Pat, we've decided to pit the USA against the UK for this one. Ah. Jason, I'll let you, um, I'll let you take the lead here. Yeah, yeah. So this, uh, I remember seeing this show. Uh, I think there's a UK version of it. And I've seen the American one, and I'm pretty sure there's a UK version of Whose Line Is It Anyway? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a quote, um, and you need to tell me whether the person that said it was American or English. Obviously, it helps if you know who it was that said it. Um, but the real goal here is just to see if they're American or English. Um, okay. so I'll kick it off. There's a few here. We'll just see how we get on with time. But uh, first one. Life's too short to hang out with people that aren't resourceful. Um, wow. I'm going to say American. I'd agree on that one. Do you have any guesses as to who that is? Life's too short to hang out with people who aren't resourceful. I'm going to go musky boy for that one. Elon Musk. Yeah. Okay. Um... Jeffrey Bezos. <laughs> yeah, that's who I was. That's who I was going to say as well. Um, I, you know what? Yeah. I'm okay. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. You're in that. Okay. Uh, so you're all correct in terms of the. There is someone from America, uh -huh. and uh, well done, Pat and Astra. Jeffrey Bezos is in this. Nice. All right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well um, okay. Next one. <laughs> Picking a few. The oh. Okay, a flower is a weed with an advertising budget. That is beautiful. <laughs> a flower is a weed with an advertising budget. I think American again, I'm going to say. I'm going to go, I'm going to go, well, I'm going to say David Ogilvy. And is, or is, what is he? Is he English or is he American? Uh, I actually should know that. <laughs> I mean, he was born in England, but he became a U.S. citizen, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's true. So I don't I'm going to say he's where he was born, so I'm going to say English. Okay. I'm going to agree with Pat because he seems to know more than both of you about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're very close. Uh, it's actually the vice chairman of Ogilvy, Rory Sutherland. Uh, uh, so, yeah, Rory Sutherland said that. He's, he was English. Um so yeah, close, close, close. Okay, uh, this is a classic. Content is king. I mean, I don't know if I agree with the fact that this guy said this. Is it someone from, him. it's a guy from HubSpot. So American, I'm gonna say American. Okay. I'll go with that. 
I've heard a lot of people say it. I mean, I said it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I said it today. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I'm going to go. Yeah, I'm going to go American. So you know what? Uh, I'm going to hear it. I'm going to go. I'm going to go American. I'm going to say Seth Godin. Okay, good shout. But it's, uh, it's actually Bill Gates, apparently. I'm going to need the source on this. Uh, just yeah. to, But maybe interesting. I would never put him down, to be honest, with that one. Yeah. Um, okay, this is a slightly longer one. The real enemy of all great achievement is caring too much about what total strangers may think of the way you're living your life. I'm going to go for the law of probability of you saying four Americans in a row and say UK. <laughs> for no other reason. That's my only, that's the only reason. I'll go UK. It wasn't as punchy as some of the others. So I think that, that goes UK side. Yeah, it had like an almost like an airs and graces the way you said it, which made me yeah, think it was I'm maybe gonna, a bit British. I, I'm, I'm going to go with the, with, the, with the pack here on this one, but I have no idea who said it. So it's uh, Stephen Bartlett um, from Social yeah. Bank. From Diary of the CEO. And yeah, should we finish up there or do you want one more? One more. Okay. Okay, don't reach, don't count the people that you reach, reach the people who count. Oh, that's cheesy. It's it's gotta be. It's gonna be American, I think. It's too motivational, it's too optimistic. Oh, do you think see? I think that's something like a Londoner would say. I feel, I can see Jason saying that. <laughs> I, I'll, go, I'll go UK on that. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I think. I think Paul. I think you're onto something. I think it's Paul Auden, A U D E N, uh, creative director at Saatchi for a number of years. Wow, he's got got the receipts. It's actually so. It's down here as English for David Ogilvy. So he that he is English. So it's, it was David Ogilvy, found founder of Ogilvy and other. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so that's two two answers to that. Um, but yeah, some good some good quotes there. Um, Pat, I want you on my pub quiz team. You've got a fountain yeah, of all knowledge. <laughs> um, and now I think we we go on to strategy analogy. Yes, so, segment three. Do you uh do you have the uh do you want me to so do you want to explain the segment for the listeners and for Pat? Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna uh, put a word up on the screen. Well, we're gonna use a, a, a random word generator to come up with a word. And then all of us on the fly are gonna uh, associate a marketing strategy to that word, um, or a strategy analogy, as we as we've put it. And this is born from the fact that Paul will explain things in a very roundabout way a way that you will always remember but a way that will in, uh, inherently has storytelling within it which is great except when you want him just to uh, explain to you something <laughs> swimming for five minutes <laughs> but this is why this has kind of come from this 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 section have you got the random word i do it is church well that's a risky so quite, uh, <laughs> should, should i do another one yeah, that's... Is it too risky? Oh, no, I'm going to take church. Oh, you church. coward. Yeah, church. let's keep church. I've only I'm got enough Catholic guilt in my life. <laughs> I'm going to take church, and I okay. love this. So I, so you want me to go first, or do you want you guys want to go? No, you go, exactly you go. Sure you ready, Pat, you go. Uh, okay, so marketing strategy is this. I am not going to do a marketing campaign. Uh, it, it'd be this. I'm not going to build a church just for Christmas and Easter. Oh, Pat, oh, right? I don't want people to come to there just 
just two times of the year. I want them there all the time. So my marketing campaign has got to be year round, fully focused. Wow. I love that. Uh, yeah. Round of yeah. applause. Wow, um, really good. <laughs> I can only offer sarcasm, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna like a, um living through a recession is like getting on your knees and praying for the best. <laughs> nice. Okay, we'll take that. I'm I'll think of a more serious one while you spend 20 minutes explaining yours though, Paul. So that's okay. I know mine mine's relatively snappy, I think. So I, I think when I think of church, I think like the marketing routine, right? So you don't get to go to church once a year and go, yep, I'm done. I've, I'm all churched up <laughs> for the year. It's but, what they call it, yeah. You know, the, and sometimes you might not like going to church every week, but, you know, you turn up on the Sunday and you sing the songs, you shake hands with the people, you spend a couple of hours there and then you go home. A lot of what we do in marketing needs that same routine, right? It's the church of marketing. So you have to go in and you check your data, you write your reports, you check in with the team, review the strategy you'll have a religious epiphany of some kind, but for marketing. I like it. I, I like, like it. it. I like it. I had an analogy a while ago, which I'm going to say because I said it to Jason and I feel like he might steal it otherwise. Uh, it's copyright Astra, which is you can kind of liken to marketing or talking about marketing to clients. And it's that sometimes even the choir need reminding of the verse. Because I'd like, how often do we have a strategy in place and... Um, they're like, yeah, your client's like, we're on board, we're on board, we're on board. And then they're like, wait, why are we doing that? And you're like, this has been a six-month strategy. It's not overnight kind of results. And you have to kind of like keep looping over it. So yeah, even the best client who's like really endowed with your tactics can sometimes need a gentle nudge in the right direction. That's a good one. Keep that one. Yep. Thanks, Pat. Write that one down. Yep. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Wait, what, what was the quote again? Sometimes you have to... Sometimes even the choir need reminding of the verse. It was off yeah. the back of a preaching to the choir kind of bit. <laughs> I like it. There's a lot of stuff going on right now. You can hear it almost in my brain. Are you just tiptoeing around all the woke things that you can say about the church? Just like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm real scared of like, <laughs> with this one. Um, okay, right. I'm really reaching. I'm, I'm borderline making it. I'm four words ahead in my brain from what's coming out of my mouth. Okay, so just bear with me. So when you when do you go to church? When even religious or not, people tend to go to church during matters of um, uh, upheaval. Some big changes have happened. They're getting married, or you know someone's passed away, or someone's being christened. So significant moments in their life. <laughs> I haven't got to the end bit of what. I... <laughs> that's a that's a fact we can all agree on. Um, Come back next episode. <laughs> I honestly don't have one. I just don't have one. I guess what can we say for, about that? In the end, when you need sales, you have to sit down and look at every part of your marketing funnel and make sure it all actually works. I think people get a bit more serious again about the the core vitals of how your business works. Everything gets reevaluated. The business plan gets reevaluated, and you take from source at customer level right down to the end, uh, like for them being a customer and then getting more, you take it right. Oh, I don't know, mate. I've lost it. I've lost it. <laughs> <laughs> I tried, but I kind of lost it. That was the worst I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys, go back to go back to your. No, that's, that's okay. That wasn't the worst one you've done either. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
We failed. We did forward. actually, uh, but when we started this podcast, one of the loose formatting ideas was that we would rank people's analogies in like a Top Gear the Stink style board. And I think eight episodes in, we might have enough to start doing that. And it'll be great social media content. So <laughs> <laughs> everyone's a winner. <laughs> right. Well, I think that's naturally come to an end. <laughs> Jason, Jason would like to go now. Yeah, I can't believe I died on my ass at the end there. <laughs> there you go. But Pat, thank you very much for joining us on the same landing page. You've been an absolute pleasure and shared much insight as always. Awesome. It's been uh, it's been great hanging out with you guys for a little bit. Thank you so much for having me on. Bye, guys. Great. Thanks, Pat. Bye. Bye-bye.